Let's take some shots. JK, we're sober. I'm Julie. And I'm Kimberly. And today is, what is it, January 3rd? Yes, the longest week of the year. (laughs) (laughs) I am officially today 16 months sober. Woo! So that is super exciting. Great way to start off the new year. Um... You know, Kimberly and I were just talking about before we, we literally were just talking for like a half hour. I'm like, oh, we should have hit record this entire (laughs) time. Um, You know, we were talking a lot about our past and, you know, a lot of our past traumas and stuff that have happened. And I just want to start by saying, holy shit, we have overcome so much Yes, we have. In our life. It's like mind boggling. Like I, a lot of the things that we've both gone through, it's crazy how our, our lives are so obviously separate. Like I didn't know you forever, but like the things that we all went through are so crazy how it impacts us in our every single day, you know? And, um, we were talking about our families a lot and how, we feel like almost like I know like I feel like a sense of guilt almost and like a sense of shame of like how could I have done that to my family how could I have you know put them through all that shit and it's like I can't I I couldn't help it at the time you know like our brains are so sick and so for lack of better words like fucked up Do you feel like that's why sometimes the term sick and suffering is used? I do. And I think that, I think a lot of it is, you know, so I, I recently met a few people and I have, um, you know, just normal people in my everyday life that I feel I'm able to look at now and not necessarily judge, but I look at them and I'm like, wow you're sick and you're suffering and you're not like everything that we went through in the past. And now like the fact that we're, I mean, I don't want to say mentally stable because like, <laughs> <laughs> we try, we try every day. It's progress, not perfection. But you know, like there's a way that you can like kind of see how different people are living their life and how they're, yeah, like the sick and suffering. Like it's like they don't have any like clean way of living like all of our thoughts used to be so messed up and like they still kind of are like the way like we blame ourselves for a lot of stuff yeah like that self-pity yeah like sitting in it and just like sitting in our shit and I think we talked about that last time actually like sitting and like actively living in the solution and like doing things to like make ourselves feel better Mm -hmm. um you know I think a lot of our past traumas and our past like drug use and alcohol use and like we were talking about how our families don't a lot of the time don't even know like the tip of the iceberg of everything that we went through and it's almost like you want to share it And you want to be like, this was the real me and this is what I went through. But also a sense of it is like, I think that's something that needs to be talked about is like, we couldn't help it. You know, like we couldn't help our disease and we couldn't fix it. Like we were in it. Like it's like, I don't know if I'm making, am I making any sense right now? No, you're making sense. Um, 
for me personally, it's like I want to share everything with my family, but then there's that part of me like, do I want to watch their heartbreak as yeah. I tell them? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of stuff for me, I think, that I won't ever share. And I know that, um, you know, we post our podcast and, like, I want people to listen and I want people to, you know, like, identify. But there's also a lot of stuff that I feel is almost, it's not necessary, you know, like it's not necessary to bring, it's almost like bringing on our trauma and our past to other people. And like, I don't want like for my family, like I don't want them to feel any more guilt or any more, it's almost like afraid of like, I don't want to disappoint them again, you know, because I'm already, I'm trying to get better and I'm trying to live a better life. So it's like, we were just saying like a living amends. You know, and like just trying to live every day in a good way that will make them proud. Yeah. And um, when you said living amends, I think about that all the time when it comes to my mom. Um, My addiction started, I think I mentioned with her when I had shared a little bit about my story. Um, She lost her battle to addiction when I was 22. And, you know, I carried around guilt for so many years because I wasn't there when she died. And I always felt like maybe if I would have stayed, she'd still be alive. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I would have called 911 one more, one more time, she'd still be here. Yeah. And, you know, I made the decision when, <clears throat> when I got to step nine, I made the decision to make a living amends to my mother. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know... For the rest of my family, I like to think that I'm going to do that living amends and just be better, not be that person who I was. Yeah. You know, not isolate, even though, as you know, on a personal (laughs) level, I'm struggling with right now. I just looked at you like, yeah, not isolate. Okay. (laughs) To all our listeners, all my chats are on mute right now. I'm isolating and I'm trying not to. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like I think living amends is important. I do because I think it helps. Yeah. Cause it's not like as far as bringing up like what we went through and what we used to do and like, that was like a lot of, it was our disease and it was, it's, it is our disease. And now we're able to every day put a new, like a better foot forward and a better foot forward. Is that even a thing? I don't even know what I just said. Or put our best foot forward is yes. what I meant to say. <laughs> a better foot. Um, but, you know, like a lot of it is just trying to... Because our what we do is a daily reprieve. Every single day, we have to wake up. We have to remind ourselves that I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. I have problems. I have mental illness. And like... To do that, A, is like, it's hard to remind ourselves those things. But I don't know about you, Kimberly, but I have a built-in, like, pity party and a built-in forgetter that I, if I don't remind myself of these things every single day, and if I don't actively work on myself and do things to help myself, I'm going to fall right back in and then that's when I am going to disappoint my family again. And that's when I'm going to, you know, 
not be sober and not show up. You know, now that we're, like you said, like the living amends, we're, we're sober and we're showing up. Like we're able to be there for people. We're able to be there for our families. Like, you know, I recently had the C word, had COVID <laughs> and I'm better now, but like now my parents have it. And granted, there's like a lot of resentments from my other family, you know, like blaming me for giving it to them and whatever. But I know that I, I can't control that. And I can't, it's not like I took a syringe and injected them with COVID, you know, like I, I'm just living like whatever. But now that I'm sober, I'm able to show up for them. Like yesterday, I was able to, you know, drop them off Gatorade at the door. Like I went down the candy aisle. I know my mom likes M&Ms. Like I got her like a freaking five pound bag. Like, you know, like, and if I was drinking and if I was drugging, like I wouldn't be able to do that for them. And I wouldn't be able to physically be there and help them. So even just little stuff like that. And like my mom's like, oh, how much do I owe you for everything? I was like, nothing. Like, you took care of me when I was quarantined in my room for 10 days, dropping off food and every five seconds. I'm like, can I have a heating pad? Can I have Gatorade? Can I have water? Like, shooting out the text messages. Like, bring me this. Bring me that. Like, no, you don't owe me the little amount of money that it costs. And it's just, it's so funny that, like, we can fuck up so many times. And we can, like, we're so lucky to have like you're so lucky that you have your dad and I have my parents who are still loving us and yeah. still supporting us and still like oh how much do I owe you like shit you don't owe me anything like god for everything that I've put you through like let me buy you more M&Ms you know like it, <laughs> it sounds silly but it's like I I don't know like I, I feel I feel very fortunate that we have the support that we have and not everyone has that. And that's kind of, that's really scary. And that's really sad that a lot of people, that's why they struggle so much is like, they don't have, they don't know where to turn. Yeah. And, you know, for me, that's where gratitude comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yep. you know, gratitude and, you know, serenity, all those things meant nothing to me before I got sober and, um, now like I hear the word gratitude and I think about all the things that mean something to me mm-hmm. and, you know, we're talking about family right now and I grew up most of my life, if not all of it without my dad Yeah. and now I have him and he's amazing. Like I miss him all the time. Like yeah. when he doesn't pick up my face time calls, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do you not love me anymore? And so I do it again. And then when he doesn't pick up, I finally get a text message like I'm at work or something. And I'm like, okay, fine. Like, I I guess we'll talk later. It's funny though, because like when we, I know even like, um, I think I might've shared something like this last time when my mom would like text me all the time. Like, where are you? What are you doing? Who are you with? When are you coming home? You know, you don't need to drink to have fun, blah, blah, blah. And I would get so pissed And I would get so like, leave me alone. Like, let me isolate. Like, let me destroy my life basically is like what I was saying without actually saying it. And now like, if my mom doesn't answer, I get like offended. (laughs) 
I'm like, where are you? And I get worried. And now, and it's like, it's funny to think at one point, I mean, my mom, my parents, they're always going to worry about me and your dad's always going to worry about you. And like, if they, it's almost like if they only knew. I know. Um, I'm going to touch on something that you had just said, like, you know, when you, you were saying that your mom had said, you know, you don't have to drink to have fun. I think um, throughout all my drinking, my drinking, and I love this word, was very isolated. A lot of people when I came out that I was sober or, you know, that I was getting sober had actually no idea that I had a problem because mm -hmm. I locked myself in my apartment or I locked myself in my bedroom at my dad's and that's where I drank. Yeah. I didn't go out to the bars. I wasn't a townie. I, you know, I drank by myself all the time and I think maybe twice I was out and my dad had to tell me like, oh, you know, you had a little <laughs> too much to drink. Yeah, yeah. And I think about it and if only he knew, he would have had to tell me that on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's, um, I think that's what a lot of me thinks about is like, thank God my parents don't and like my extended family, like, you know, everyone... They see my posts and like, oh, I'm alcohol, I'm drug free, I'm this, I'm that. And like, I know a lot of them are like, well, what, what did you used to do? Like, you know, like they're like, well, what, what drugs, what alcohol, like how often? And there's a lot of questions and a lot of it is like, it's none of their business, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel that as long as I'm, again, putting my best foot forward and trying my best to be the best version of myself now... Like, that's what matters. What matters is now. And I think a lot of, like, we were just talking about, like, the past traumas and this and that. Like, I, it's hard not to hold on to those things. And it's hard to not keep them. And you want to, you want to kind of be like, well, if you only knew what I went through, like, if you only knew what I this, what I that, like, I went blah, 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 blah. But like, how many times did my mom have to save my ass? And like, I didn't think of any of that. Like, I didn't think that any of that was a problem that like my phone was lost somewhere in Queens and I had to get like police officers I had like find my iPhone on and I'm like it's in this car like someone took it finally like I left it in an Uber like I left my phone in an Uber and it ended up in on different part of Queens from where I was staying in and then I went home on the train and my mom had to come like drive me to Queens and like I'm sitting there like half like hungover and like feeling like shit and like my mom's sitting there driving me to go pick up my phone and like getting me out of my problems for like the 9,000th time and it's like thank you because like now I look at it and like if I if they only knew like my mom knew like she knew that I was struggling and she knew that I needed help but like you know, it's almost like I, like you said, isolated. Like, that's why I moved out of my house in the first place the first time. Like, I was looking for an apartment specifically that I could drink drug and do whatever the fuck I wanted. And no one would know. And, like, my parents wouldn't know. Like, I didn't let them in my apartment. When they did, I would have to, like, spray it down so it wouldn't smell like pot. You know? And it's like, my mom's not stupid. You And I was like, oh, she's so gullible. Like, she just, like, believes that I said it was my rabbit. 
Like, she's not <laughs> dumb, like, you know? And I remember, and we were through in a drive-thru um, one day, and this was when I was sober, you know, and she, like, when I first started, and she was like, you know, Julie, like, I remember, like, a few times, like, I would come, and, like, she mentioned me smoking, and I was like, well, Mom, I'm not doing that anymore. Like, I'm, like, like, I never officially said what I was doing, but I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm getting sober and I'm living completely clean. And it's almost like, I don't, I don't want to tell them, but like I do. And like my sister, I don't know, I'm rambling. I feel like. No, um, bringing up smoking, actually, um, one thing my dad did know and wasn't oblivious to not, I shouldn't use that word. But um, one thing he knew in and out is that I was a daily weed smoker. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he realized how much, though. Yeah. Because there's those people who smoke weed every day, but, you know, they take, like, two or three hits. They're chill. They're cool. They they go, <laughs> they go eat some pretzels and watch some TV. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm smoking everything I got. Yeah. You know. Hundreds of dollars Hundreds of dollars a month. Hundreds. And, you know... You know, they say don't drink and drive. Well, I drove drunk, but the amount of weed that I would smoke, mm -hmm. it wasn't safe to drive. Yeah. And I would drive. Yeah. Because, like, I don't care what anyone says. You can smoke too much and not be able to drive. Hell yeah. Because people would be like, oh, I, I drive better when I'm high. And it's like... like no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think that, too. And I remember... Um, when I first like got into AA and my program, like I would just identify as an alcoholic because I 100% know I'm an alcoholic and you know, I would be like, yeah, like smoking's not even a drug. Like, you know, like I'm still in that mindset of like, well, I'm not an addict. Like smoking is not a drug. It's a plant. And like, you know, people are like, oh, well I could just not drink and I can still smoke weed. Like, no. Any, California sober. Yeah. <laughs> anything that alters your mind is a substance. And exactly. Anything that makes you feel not yourself. But, like, I didn't know that back then. Like, I didn't know that. And it, it took me probably, like, three months. I remember being in a meeting and I was getting my coin. I, I want to say it was three months, three or four months. And I was like, hi, Julie, alcoholic and addict. And I was like, whoa, did that just come out of my mouth? Because yeah, like smoking weed every single day besides whatever else I was doing is that's drugs. And like sitting there waiting and texting your dealer and texting whoever and being like, I remember this is, sounds like so pathetic. I was like, you have one job. Your one job is to sell me weed and you can't even answer the phone. Like you can't even show up when you're supposed to show up. Like you say, meet you here at this time with this blah, 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 blah. And you can't even be on time. You're going to make me wait. It, like really, Julie? Like you're pissed because your dealer is 15 minutes late. Hi, they're on drugs. They're selling you drugs. Like, what do you think is going to happen? And it's just like the insanity that like, oh, I don't even know. I'll never forget one time I came home from work and, you know, like the oil pens, like when those first came out and like, so I was a huge, that's where all my money went was yeah. oil pens. Shit was like 50 bucks a, a cartridge. <laughs> yeah. 
But it, it was so easy. You could smoke inside. There was no smell. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they tasted good, depending what yeah. ones you got. Yeah. And I remember I came home. I had a bad day, and I dropped it, and it cracked, and it was a brand new one. defeat defeat yes i texted my dealer so fast you would have thought someone was dying yeah and i was like hey are you around i i I just want to come pick up a cartridge and he was like yeah i'll be around in a half hour and he lives uh, or lived a half hour or a little more away from me so i um i'll come to you (laughs) yeah yeah so i i got in my my car and drove and i waited for him yeah for a weed cartridge yeah because i couldn't get through the night if i didn't have my weed cartridge besides my alcohol yeah but like you know i i needed that too yeah and i depended on it you know i do suffer from bulimia and anorexia um, I do suffer from multiple sclerosis. So there were some components of weed that did help me in those aspects. Yeah. But I wasn't using it to help me. I was abusing it. Yeah. I do believe that like, you know, medical marijuana is a thing. And I oh, do yeah. believe that it does help people. And that will 100% like, and I'll never, I'm not going to say like, don't smoke, like don't this, don't drink. Cause you know, like if you're not an addict and if you're not an alcoholic, weirdly you can do those things socially you can do those things to help you you know but I uh I obviously never and sometimes you can get medical marijuana where the THC and is so trace amount yeah and I'm just like saying that from someone who's worked in the medical field and worked in pain management Mm -hmm. like you know it's not straight up weed yeah. The medical marijuana. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, most of it is CBD. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why it was legalized in the first place is because yeah. most of it's CBD. But um, medical marijuana is definitely a thing. You know, I've been on, you know, I've had thoughts on getting certified for my MS just, you know, for my flares and stuff because do, but there's CBD over the counter. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I... And that's like our addict brain is yeah. like, well... If it is medical, like, my anxiety is really bad, my this, my that, like, we think of, it's like the justification that goes on in our brains. And that's why I was like, weed's not bad. Like, it's helping me. It's helping me what? It's helping me melt into my couch and not feel and not move and not be a productive member of society besides the alcohol. Like, obviously, freaking drinking way too much. But when it comes to stuff like that like like to bring it back to like if they only knew yeah if they only knew the amount of time and effort that went into having money for alcohol having money for drugs having the time to wait hours and hours for someone to answer me like hitting up like old ex-boyfriends like hey do you know someone that sells this but like the people like I know this is really random but I remember my ex-boyfriend from high school is now a cop a state trooper who I texted and was like hey would this be inappropriate if I asked if you knew someone and he was like, don't ever text me again. And like, 
I could have gotten arrested and I didn't even like that's where my addiction drives me. It drives me to literally text message state troopers to ask if they know like did you arrest someone recently that did this and do you have any like what the fuck? And it's like you don't even like I don't even think of that kind of stuff when I'm in my active phase, you know? Like I don't even think of like who I'm reaching out to and what it could do. Like I, like I could, I, so many times I should have been in jail and I don't know to this day how I have never been arrested, but you know, like it's, it's just wild where our addictions take us and like alcohol is an addiction in itself, obviously like alcoholic addict, like they're interchangeable. They're all the same. And it's like, it's just crazy where our mind takes us and like the things that we do to like get our hands on a substance to make us not feel is like mind blowing. Like the lengths that we'll go and like the things that we just, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like the, us addicts will will run a mile if you tell us there's something waiting for us at the end, like a pot of gold, but that pot of gold is alcohol and drugs. Like, yeah. You know, we would probably choose the alcohol and drugs. Over, over the, the pot, pot of gold because it's there. And if I had the pot of gold, I would then have to go buy alcohol and drugs. So yeah. it's like, I'd rather take the one that's already there for me. I already got the prize. I don't need any more thing. I don't need anything else. But, and we were just talking about, oh, wow, my knee. Um, we were just talking about, you know, um, how our addiction, it doesn't stop with alcohol and drugs. You know, like it, it's with everything we do. And that's, I think, something that could be like a whole other episode. But I'll just say it now, you know, like the things like you were just saying how you were drinking a cup of coffee and like you didn't need three cups of coffee, but like you were drinking it. So like and I don't even realize sometimes when like my addiction, my my addict brain and like my behaviors are like I went to the store yesterday with my new roommate um, and we had gotten Starbucks and we drove seven minutes to Trader Joe's and I already downed my four shots of espresso and like I only really drink iced coffee because I can drink it fast because I can feel more awake fast and like that's something that I also like caffeine is definitely an addiction in itself but it's legal and I'm not like gonna die over it so I'm okay drinking coffee but even just that little behavior of like I started to feel more awake so I need to drink this faster in order to feel awake faster so that, you know, like it's that whole, it's that disease and it's always there in everything we do. And even unpacking my apartment, like I need to do this. I need, I need to do it right now. Like I, we're such like instant gratification people. And it's like, it doesn't go away. Like we can be sober, but that's still there. And it's still it's like an, like I said, the daily reprieve. It's always there inside of us. And we just have to constantly like, okay, let me take a breath. Let me like think, let me not be fucking psychotic right now, <laughs> you know? And it's just, it's, it's really crazy that like our families don't know. And I don't want to ever let them know the depth of everything, but it's really the disease in our brain that makes us think that we always need to like overcompensate like our one friend tells us um what does she call it the 
the scarcity complex. Like we're always living like something's going to go away. And like I need it right now. Because if I don't get that right now, like what can happen? And that's such a scary place to live. It is. And I sometimes feel like I still live like that. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely didn't go away with getting sober. Like, you know, even with, um, with just little things, yeah, like just little things, like, like groceries. Like Mm -hmm. last night I was on Instacart, um, ordering trail mix and I was like adding three to my cart. Like why? Because I was afraid if I order it next week, it wasn't going to be there. Like, what, yeah. if, what if they're sold out and it's so good? So I ordered three $5 bags of yeah. trail mix. Not needed. Not, Not needed. needed. But, but to me, it's needed because it's fine. I'm like, oh, finally, trail mix without almonds. I need it. And it's on sale. Five dollars. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, it, like you said, the little things like finding a shirt that fits me. I'm buying one in every color. Why? Not necessary. And I remember I would be shopping with my friends in like JCPenney and it would be like a joke that's like, oh, Julie found something that fits. She's going to buy it in every color now. And like, is it like, yeah, it's a good idea because if it fits and it's whatever. But like, it's like the scarcity complex of like, it's never going to be there again. And like, so what if it's not? You find something else, you know, like it's that, that constant need for like, I need more, I need more, I need more, I need more with everything. So it's not just the drugs. It's not just the alcohol. It's like everything that we do. And it's, it's wild that that's how our brains work. And it's like, this disease is just, and people don't think it's a disease. Holy shit. You think I chose this? You think I chose that or you chose that you wanted to go and spend $15 on fucking peanuts and M&M's? <laughs> like, no. Like, it's just how our brains work. And it's just a crazy, crazy, crazy thing that we have to deal with every day. But every day we have to deal with it. Yeah. And I think eventually I'll learn how to and maybe some of us all will learn how to moderate monitor it better live in moderation yes live in moderation thank you moderation is something that we do not understand (laughs) that word doesn't even want to come out of my mouth apparently literally (laughs) what is that what is living regular like a human i don't know just give me all of it yeah i want all of it right now um on that note i think that we uh we just want to keep talking because we yeah. just want like everything to come out of our mouths at once. And then we don't need to. We don't see each other enough. So we just get really excited. <laughs> <laughs> our once a week recordings. We like sit for two hours before an hour after. Like I just need to say everything on my mind right this very second. But we don't. So um, we can end it here today. And uh, thank you guys for listening to us and we appreciate all of you and we're actually oh i guess we can tell everyone our breaking news that we didn't even do yet because this is how my brain works (laughs) um we're gonna start an instagram account and uh, this is kimberly's wonderful idea if you want to explain it okay so we're going to start an instagram account um the instagram handle will be at jk we're sober if that changes, oh my I God, will I hope make it's not sure. taken. Exactly. So if that's taken, that will definitely be put in our next episode. But 
we will make an Instagram and we would love for you guys to submit topics, any questions you may have for us. Um, maybe you have a story you want to hear us say on the air, like, mm -hmm. you know, it'll be totally anonymous. Um, whatever you guys want, you know? Or even if you know us personally and you want to, you know, address something to us that maybe like, you know, has never been discussed or, you know, you want to, like you said, like share a story, like something that we went through together and, you know, how our addictions actually like why a situation happened or, you know, we can try to explain it, you know, kind of so you can understand us a little better and understand addiction and alcoholism a little better. Yeah. So yeah, come on guys, get ready because once that's up and running, big things are coming. <laughs> yes. So don't forget to hit subscribe. Thank you guys. Stay strong and stay sober.